Welcome to This Is Peace, the podcast of Peace Baptist Church located in Decatur, Georgia. On This Is Peace, we're sharing all things peace, sermons, devotions, inspiration, and conversations at the intersection of faith and culture. At Peace Baptist Church, our mission is to make disciples and meet needs. Our number one goal is to help you seek, serve, and share God. Let's jump into today's episode. I want to read from Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse number 35. Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 35. I thank the media team again. They've got it on the screens for us. Mark chapter 4 says, And on that day when evening came, he said to them, that is Jesus, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd. They took him along with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. There rose a fierce gale of wind. and The waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher! Do you not care that we are perishing? The Ebonics translation is, fool, get up and get a bucket in your hand and help us. And he, Jesus, got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this? (laughs) That even the wind and the sea obey him. You know, the chapter and verse divisions we have in our Bible are the work of human editors. It wasn't divinely inspired by God originally. So I believe this paragraph ends not with verse 35, but with chapter 5, verse number 1. So look at chapter 5, verse number 1. It says, and then they came to the other side of the sea. Now let's put them together. The bookends for this paragraph, Mark chapter 4, verse number 35, and Mark chapter 5, verse number 1. And since it's on the screen, let's read together out loud. Come on, y'all, let's read. And on that day, when evening came, He said to them, let us go over to the other side, verse 1, and they came to the other side of the sea. I want to talk to you about riding through the storms of life. It's the (laughs) in-between, riding through the storms of life. You may be seated. You know, it had been a long day for Jesus. Mark chapter 4, verse number 1 helps us to see that this day began early for Jesus and he began the day teaching the multitudes. There were so many in the crowd that Jesus literally, they're along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus had to get in a boat, press out a little bit from the shore to make that his pulpit, if you will, while he was teaching the multitudes. Taught them all day, the Bible says. He taught them in parables. He taught them about the parable of the soils, that there was a man who went out to sow. He had the same seed 
the same seed. It was good seed, but he put the seed in different soils. And because of the condition of the soils, it determined the fruitfulness of the seed that was planted. He's teaching them in parables. Add to that that his disciples, his close followers, when Jesus would take a break from the crowd, his close followers demanded further explanation. Jesus, now we need to ask you a few clarifying questions on what you were teaching the multitude. So much so that by the end of the day, if you have ever attended, yesterday we spent about three and a half hours together I wrote in a Facebook group that I'm a part of, we walked through the Bible, that it was exhilarating and exhausting at the same time. And I was only teaching half a day. If you've ever been in a seminar, a conference, a workshop, all day long, you understand that by the end of the day, just from sitting and soaking, you get tired. So imagine flipping the script and you are the one doing the teaching all day long. By day's end, Jesus' humanity was showing he was tired. So in verse 35, he says to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Jesus understood that you can't hang with the crowd all the time, that there's a time to be with the crowd, but there's also a time to pull away from the crowd to refresh. So he says, let's go over to the other side. Well, this doesn't seem to be a challenge to us on the surface reading the Bible unless you dig in a little further concerning what the other side meant. You see, the other side was the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And I know that Pastor Barnett has led groups to the Holy Land, and some of you here now have witnessed with your own eyes the Sea of Galilee. And you know that, that this Sea of Galilee is not some small little body of water. It's, it's imposing from top to bottom about 12 miles in length from from east to west, depending upon where you are, ranging anywhere from about four miles wide to seven miles wide, the Sea of Galilee is not going across a pond. So much so that experienced fishermen, like some of those who are on board, Peter and the rest of them, they didn't really try to cross the Sea of Galilee. And if they were fishing, they made sure that they stayed close enough to the shore just in case one of those storms would arise on the sea, they would have enough time to get safely back to the shore. So here's Jesus telling them, let's go over to the other side. They get in the boat and they press from the shore and they're headed to the other side. And when they were too far away to get back to where they started, and when they were not close enough to get to the other side, guess what happened? One of those storms on the Sea of Galilee arose that would come suddenly at a moment's notice and they found themselves in a storm. The text says that the wind became fierce. The text says that the water from the rain began to fill the boat so that the boat was being overrun with water. They are in trouble. And where's Jesus? 
You know, life is like the Sea of Galilee. Those storms on the Sea of Galilee that rise suddenly, life is like that. You, you, you can be cruising through your life business as usual. I saw just on my Facebook feed a friend of mine, he and I are, have, grand, have a daughter who's pregnant, having a grandbaby, first one. And I saw his post just the other day since I've been here since Friday. The two and a half months early, his daughter's baby came. And just like that, that family's in a storm. With a baby barely two pounds. In the neonatal intensive care and what was Great joy. I know it because it's where we are. I'm, I, every time I think about my daughter being pregnant, I start smiling, Pastor Barnett. I just can't stop smiling. But to go from that to just like that, the baby's fighting for his life. You thrust into a storm. I arrived here on Friday. It was raining. I learned that people in Atlanta are like some people in Dallas. They don't know how to drive when it rains. Instead of slowing down, they speed up. So from the airport to my hotel, I saw about five or six wrecks and people who were riding along in their car and just like that, they found themselves in a storm of a wreck. Because storms in life arise quickly. You're on your way to work, business as usual. You've been hanging out on the job and you thought all was well. You show up this day, you get a notice. We don't need your services anymore. We are downsizing because of our fear of the economy. And just like that, you're in a storm. You had a business. The business was going well until a pandemic hit three years ago and just like that you had to close your business. Go to the doctor. Routine annual physical, no big deal. Routine annual pap smear, no big deal. Until they start whispering as they're looking at the x-rays. You get informed that there's a growth that's suspicious and further examination reveals that it's cancer and guess what? Just like that. You're in a storm. And the truth of the matter is that as we're gathered here right now online and in person, Every one of us are in one of three buckets. You either just got out of a storm, or you came here today, and you're saying, Preacher, how did you know? I didn't know. God knew that I'm in a storm right now. And if those two buckets don't fit you, keep on, keep on breathing. It's coming. 
Jesus even said in John 16, 33, that in this life you will have trouble. So preacher, what do I do when I find myself in a storm? I mean, you didn't call mine. I mean, I, I'm in a relational storm. I, I'm going through the midst of a divorce right now. I've lost a family member who died recently. I'm single. I thought I was dating the one that I would end up at the altar with, but they sent me a text message to break up with me. I'm in a storm. What do I do when I find myself in a storm? I'm glad you asked. The good news is that God's word provides us some help. And all I want to do is just walk through this passage that we've read. And I want to offer you what I believe are a few keys to help us ride through the storms of life. Here's the first one. When you find yourself in a storm, if you want to ride through the storm, get this, take notes, write it down, put it in your device. Remember the nature of storms. Remember the nature, the character, the storm, the constituency of storms. What, what are they made of? I'm glad you asked. You see, every storm, every storm is inevitable. Storms are inevitable. I just said you came out of one, you are in one, or keep living and you'll find yourself in one not too long from now because storms are inevitable. Not only are they inevitable, they are unpredictable. Wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if we could get an advance email, a text message ahead of when every storm happened in life? Wouldn't that be wonderful if we could get advance notice to prepare a little bit better? But unfortunately, we don't get that notice. Storms are unpredictable. They come at times, most of the time, when we are least expecting them. Unpredictable. They, they are inevitable. They are impartial. In other words, I don't care what your family background is, what your family name is. I don't care how much education you do or do not have. I don't care how much military background you have. Storms are impartial. They don't discriminate. Everybody gets their share. They got your email address, they got your cell phone number, they got your mailing address, they got your P.O. box, they got all your social media handles. Storms are impartial, unpredictable, inevitable. They're coming. Storms are also swift. Already said it, we saw in the text, in, in verse number 37. Did you see it right there? In verse number 37, he says, and there arose, there arose, it's like, it's like suddenly, there arose a fierce gale of wind. They come swiftly. Waves were breaking over the boat. It's also tempestuous. See, storms, the nature of them, they're fierce. Oh my gosh. When you find yourself in a storm in life, it's like, am I going to make it, Jesus? This is just too much for me. They're tempestuous. They're fierce. They bring us to our wit's end. 
But oh, if you forget everything else about a storm, you remember this one and you'll be on your way. <laughs> Every storm has stamped on it temporary. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's some shouting news right there. There we go. Yeah, hallelujah. I don't care what the storm is. I don't care. It is temporary. It will not last long. I live in Dallas. Thunderstorms will come through Dallas, and I mean the clouds go from no clouds in the sky to gray, dark, wind blowing, rain falling like buckets. 30 minutes later, the sun is shining again because storms are temporary. And it's like that in life, my friends. They don't last forever. And aren't we glad <laughs> that they don't last forever? Every storm is temporary, which means if I can just take one more breath, I'm one more breath closer to this storm ending because every storm is temporary. If I can hang in there for just a few more minutes, I'm a few more minutes closer to the end of the storm. If I don't give up now, if I don't throw in the towel right now, if I hang in there, I can make it because every minute that passes is one minute closer to the storm passing. Temporary. Look at your neighbor and say, your storms <laughs> are temporary. They're temporary. They're temporary. 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 You get home tonight before you lay your head. I want you to hear the Holy Spirit remind temporary. Temporary. They got a beginning and they have an end. But there's more. There's more. Let's go back. Let's go back to the text. Riding through the storms of life requires us to remember the nature of the storms, that they are temporary. Whatever else you say, they're temporary. But then secondly, remember to invite Jesus on your journey. I'm going back to verse number 36 now. Leaving the crowd, they, the disciples, took Jesus with them. Good decision. <laughs> they took him along with them in the boat, watch this, just as he was. Can I work on that for a little while? See, you see, if you're going to ride through the storms of life, you have to remember the nature of storms, that they are temporary, but make sure remember to invite Jesus with you on your journey. Uh, this past week, this past week, two of my homeboys, preacher friends, were in town. Uh, they, they live in Indiana, and when I'm ever, I'm there in Indiana, we hang out when they come to Dallas, we hang out and and I told my wife she said what time you coming I said I don't know I'm with my boys I'll get home eventually uh, well you know because I like hanging out with them they, all of us have some good people some some close friends that we like being with and and even if we get in trouble we can call them and I know those two fellows that I was hanging with earlier this week as we went and enjoyed some great food and fellowship and just laughing and talking in line. You know how preachers do. We make up stuff and we just have a great time. <laughs> Let me tell you something. 
as much as I know as those two brothers have my back and that I have their back, when I get in a storm, they're not the first people I call. <laughs> the first person I call when I find myself in a storm is not my wife, although I know she's got my back. She'll hurt somebody. She's from Chicago, South Side. That girl can do it. Do you hear me? She, she's somebody. I, I, I'm glad she's my wife, but when I'm in a storm, the first person I'm glad that is with me is Jesus. Because I have invited him on my journey as my Savior. Listen to me carefully. If you've not invited Jesus with you on your journey as Savior, today can be your day. You don't have to go another day making it, going through life without Jesus with you on your journey. Because the truth of the matter is, is that storms, as fierce as they are, even though they are temporary, without Jesus on your journey, life can get to a place of hopelessness and despair. It's why, unfortunately, why we see people give up, give in, throw in the towel, and take their own lives because they're walking through life without Jesus with them on their journey. You got to have him with you as Savior. Savior. John chapter 1, verse number 12, the Bible says, To as many as choose to receive him, to those who believe on his name, God gives them the right to become children of God. You got to believe. You got to take him as Savior by believing in him. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 8 says that God saved us by grace when we believed. We're saved by grace through faith. and You can't take credit for it. It's God's work on your behalf. You didn't do it. All you did was believe. And if you're willing to believe, God will save you. That's why Romans chapter 10 verse number 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved and you'll have Jesus with you on your journey as Savior. You know you got Jesus with you on your journey as Savior. Why don't you just wave your hand and say, thank you, Jesus, for being with me on my journey as Savior. But listen, but listen, listen. That text says they took him with them just as he was. You got to invite Jesus with you on your journey, not only as Savior, but also as Lord. Hello. The word Lord means boss. The word Lord means master. The word Lord means ruler. The word Lord means the one in charge. So if you're going to have him as Savior, you've got to also let him be in charge. You cannot establish the preconditions by the box by which you want Jesus to operate in. Now, Jesus, you are welcome in the house. You come on in my house, but I want you to hang out in the living room. Don't you go in no closets. Don't go in my bedroom. Don't go down in the basement, up in the attic. Jesus, just hang out where I got it looking pretty nice. Hang out in the living room. That's how some of us do Jesus. We want to dictate to him the limits where he can go in our lives. And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. If I'm going to be Savior, I'm also Lord. That means I've got to have free reign of your whole house. 
know how we do it. It's Thanksgiving, Christmas coming up. It's the holidays. You're going to have guests over, some of you, or you're going to go to somebody's house as guests. If you invite guests to come to your house, as soon as they hit the door, you're going to say, come on in. Make yourself at home. You lying. <laughs> you don't mean it. You don't mean it. What you mean is, come on in, follow me. And where I go, you follow me, and you go there, and I'm going to kind of nudge for you to tell you where to sit, and I want you to sit yourself down right there. And if you're hungry, ask me for something to eat. Don't get up and go walking towards my kitchen and go in my refrigerator without my permission. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Some of us do Jesus like that. Jesus, I want you in my house, but come on over here, follow me. Stay right here, Jesus, because all is well right here. But don't come over here in the closet of my finances and start telling me what I'm supposed to do with the money that you want me to give a dime out of every dollar to you plus an offering on top. Don't go there, Jesus. Don't go in the closet of my relationships because it's kind of dark in there, Jesus. Now, I ain't ready for you to see all that. He says, if I'm going to be Savior, I got to also be Lord, just as he was. You got to have him with you on your journey as Savior, as Lord, and as King, because he is King. <laughs> He's the King of Kings. I love how 1 Timothy chapter 6 puts it, describing Jesus, that, that he, he's the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. There is no name above his. Look at that. He will, when he comes again, the appearing of our Lord Jesus, which he'll bring about at the proper time. And he says, he who is the blessed and only sovereign. Aren't you glad about that? There's nobody who's sovereign like God. He's not only sovereign, but he's the King of Kings, and he's the Lord of Lords. Get it, my friends. When you're in a storm, you want somebody with you who's capable. See, the truth of the matter is I can call my homeboys, but my homeboys are not capable on every situation. When I'm in a storm, I need to be calling on somebody who's capable, available, and able. He's the king of kings. There's no other name above his. He's the Lord of lords. There's nobody else who reigns supreme over him. He is the man. You got to have him with you. You got to have him with you on your journey as Savior, as Lord, as King. Come on, let's go back into the text. How do I ride through the storms of life? It's in the text. First of all, remember the nature of storms. Secondly, remember to invite Jesus with you on your journey. And then thirdly, remember to exercise faith and not fear. <laughs> remember to exercise faith and not fear we read it they got in the boat too far away from the shore where they departed not close enough to the other side and here's the storm there the winds are blowing the water is overfilling the boat and, and Jesus is asleep and it's probably Peter the Bible doesn't say it, but it was probably Peter who shook him and woke him up Wake up, man. Get you a bucket in your hand and come help us, please. Don't you care? Don't you care? We're drowning, man, and you sleep. The Bible says that Jesus woke up, <laughs> stood up on the edge of the boat, and I don't even believe he hollered. Because when you're in charge, when you're the sovereign king of all kings, you don't have to raise your voice. 
Oh, come on now. Some of y'all parenting and grandparenting and you, 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 you have forgotten your authority that you have. So you, you got to holler to try to get your children and your grandchildren to behave. You need to understand who you are. You have authority. When my daughter was growing up, her mother used to say, I got to raise my voice with her, but you know, all you do is you just talk to her. I said, because she knows who's in charge. I'll have to raise my voice. Jesus just spoke and he said, peace, be still. We have a rich legacy of African-American preaching in this country that the African-American preachers of yesteryear would go home right there. Jesus got up from sleep <laughs> and stood out on the edge of the boat. And he spoke, peace, be still, sooner than right now, and quicker than at once, there was a great calm. They go home right there, and we'd be shouting, hey, hey. no harm in going home right there, but if we're going to take the whole paragraph, keep on reading, because there's some more good stuff in there. After he said, peace, be still. He stills the storm. The waves have quieted down. The wind has become calm. And then he turns to his disciples. And he asks two questions. First question, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Second question, where is your faith? These are convicting questions. Can't you hear Jesus asking us the same question? You're in a storm. You just came out of one. I got you through it, but you didn't handle it very well because you were all at wit's end. What? Because you, you were afraid. Why are you afraid? When I... <laughs> I'm with you. Why are you afraid when I am with you? Further, I was the one who said we are going to the other side. I did not say we would drown in the middle. I said we're going to the other side. I just didn't tell you what would happen in between. Their fear came from focusing on the circumstances. And that's what happens with us. We get in a storm and we find ourselves preoccupied with all the circumstantial evidence that's going on around us. Look like I'm going to lose my house. I've lost my relationship. My health is bad. It looks like it's all over for me. Looking at the circumstantial evidence will lead you to fear. Looking at Jesus will lead you to faith. Here's, here's what I believe. Another response for them in the midst of that storm, instead of grabbing buckets and panicking and bailing water, they could have slowed down 
You know, sometimes you need to breathe when you're in a storm. Just breathe. Slow down. Take a breath. Take a breath. Now, what is Jesus doing? He's asleep. What's going on around us? It's a storm. Well, if Jesus, we, we've seen him open blind eyes. We've seen him unstop deaf ears. We've seen him feed the multitudes. We've seen him cast out demons. If he did all that, we know he's in charge. Maybe we should do what he's doing <laughs> and grab a pillow and go to sleep. Perhaps if they had, we would be reading in this text how they all slept through the storm. <laughs> Where is your faith? They had fear when they should have had faith. He said, why are you afraid? And where is your faith? When they experience this, they've seen him. I mean, they're out there. If, if, when we take our trips to Israel, we get out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and they stop the boat. They kill the engine on the boat. And there we are right out there in the middle of the sea. And you want to talk about quiet? And those of you that have done it, you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about calm. And after wind blowing, rain falling, it's calm. Now Jesus is asking them, why are you afraid and where is your faith? And then they turn to each other. Instead of answering Jesus, they start asking each other questions. Who is this? Who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Who, who is this? <laughs> Bible doesn't answer it, but I decided I want to answer it for you. Is that all right? I want to offer you an answer on who he is. You see, in December of 1999, Christmas Day to be exact, I'll never forget it. I was living in Louisville, Kentucky. I was pastoring a church there. Christmas Day, 1999, we woke up to 24 inches of snow. Now, mind you, the forecast the day before was that it would be a light dusting of maybe one to two inches. And we woke up to... 24 inches of snow. The Louisville Courier-Journal, the newspaper, you know, back in those days, 1999, we read newspapers in print. Now we get it on our phone. The headline, the cover story, had three words, three words in great big print. Snow tricks forecast. Look at it carefully. Snow tricks forecast. See, between the meteorologists and the journalists who were covering it, somebody decided we can't tell the whole story on the front page of the Louisville Courier Journal. Because if we tell the whole story, we would have to change it not to say snow tricks forecast. We would have to tell who's responsible for the snow. And we'd have to tell who's responsible for the forecast. And it would have read, weatherman tricks meteorologists. Because meteorologists, men and women, I, I, I marvel at them. They get paid to be wrong and they can't lose their job. Because <laughs> all they have to do is say, hey, <laughs> all I do is just give a forecast. I'm not responsible, Mo. 
You see, God is not a meteorologist. God is the weatherman. When we're in storms, we need to remember that he is the weatherman. What's the difference between a meteorologist and a weatherman? I'm glad you asked. Meteorologists give forecasts of what they think the weather will be. <laughs> but the weatherman is the one who fixes the weather and decides what it will be. Meteorologists will investigate the weather. Have you seen them in them hurricanes? There they are in the middle of the hurricane. And I'm right here, and I'm going to be right here with you to cover this hurricane. We're not going to, oh, I lost my hat. We're going to be right here to cover the hurricane. I look at those poor people and say, man, they are nuts. <laughs> because what they do, they're investigating the weather. But that's not the weatherman. The weatherman is the one who initiates the weather. And if he initiates it, he knows how to make it start and he knows how to make it stop. And that's who we are connected with. We're with the weatherman. And he's in charge of every storm that you and I will ever go through. And if we hang with him and put our faith in him and exercise faith and not fear, God will help us ride through the storms and we will see his mighty hand at work performing miracles on our behalf. But where is your faith? And why are you fearful? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I want us to close with, with those questions. Where, where is your faith? Why are you fearful? If God who is who he said he is, if you really believe it, Then right now, for somebody who's in a storm, this is a really good time, an opportunity for you to ante up afresh and say, God, I choose faith and not fear. While I'm in this storm, I choose faith and not fear. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to remember that every second that passes is one second closer to me getting to the other side of the storm as I trust you to see me through it. And while it's painful, it's tempestuous, it hurts, it seems to be more than I can bear, I thank you that you're giving me grace to sustain me while I'm going through. And I'll thank you in the midst of it right now because you said in everything give thanks because it's your will for us. So with heads about nice clothes, I just want to ask you, have you invited Jesus on your journey? If you have, praise God, make sure you've invited him and given him full permission as Savior, Lord, and King. And if you haven't, you're watching online, this church has some people who are there in the chat ready to talk to you and communicate with you to help you begin today by embracing Jesus as Savior. If you're here in just a moment, Pastor Barnett's coming, and we're going to give you an opportunity to respond. And I want to encourage you, don't delay. If you know today that you've not yet embraced Jesus and this message has spoken to you right from God's word, then you want to respond today and invite him. Remember to exercise faith and not fear. Oh, God, how we love you. Thank you for your marvelous grace, for your wonderful word. Thank you, dear God, <laughs> that every storm is temporary. 
Weeping endures for a night during the storm of grief. But joy eventually comes in the morning. Thank you, God. Every storm is temporary. Whether I'm healed in this body or from this body, healing happens and I praise you. Storms are temporary. Help us to exercise faith and not fear, dear God, as we ride through the storms of life. give you praise that when we come out on the other side as we're praising you in the storm we'll praise you after the storm in Jesus name amen amen thank you for joining us today if you're ready to take the next step in your journey with Christ we want to celebrate with you we also have some resources to help you on your journey to find out more about Peace Baptist Church head over to our website at thisispeace.org Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Peace.